This is the 919 Beer Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts for the 919 Beer Podcast, Joe Ovius, Adam Eshbaugh, and Wayne Holt. It's the 919 Beer Podcast. Joe Ovius from 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh, North Carolina. Adam Eshbaugh from 919 Beer. No Wayne Holt again today. Who? Did we did we kick him off the podcast? I, I no, he'll be back. Wayne Wayne takes a lot of vacation because he gets a lot of vacation. Wayne out here he living learned his, it from the best. Wayne out here living his best life. He surpassed he's, me. He's on enjoying. Vacation he's, days, he's, man. he's starting twenty twenty one the way he's always wanted to start twenty twenty one. That's hilarious. Uh, on the podcast today, we'll check in with Vicious Fishes. I'll say that a bunch of different times. It'll probably sound different every single time. They've got their new space out in Apex that we want everybody to check out. Ken O'Berry will be dropping by here on the 919 Beer Podcast. Uh, And we'll also talk about Pints of Love, a virtual beer festival here in just a little bit. The 919 Beer Podcast, as always, brought to you by House of Hops. Check them out in their two Raleigh locations or their location out in Pittsburgh. They've got a bunch of beers on tap. Uh, I know the best part about... Um, House Hops, at least the one at the McNeil Point Shopping Center, which is right by the radio station, is the fact that they just got all these individual beers, so you can just kind of make your own little six-pack or 12-pack or whatever. Give yourself a little variety for the weekend. They also have a nice selection that is already chilled. Yes. Even if, like, they've got a great rotating selection on tap. They do the same thing with cans and bottles, though, too. And the best part is you can check all this stuff out online as well. There's online ordering. There's curbside pickup. Look, if you're masked up, by all means, go in there, too, because that's half the fun of looking at beer is uh, seeing what you might discover. It's like vinyl, just flipping through. You never know what you're going to find, right? Yeah, I, I I don't have any vinyl, Joe. How have you not jumped on that, by the way? Oh, I had It was a college thing for me. Yeah? Yeah, it didn't last long. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So let's talk to our first guest on the Night One Night Beer Podcast. They're doing a virtual beer festival. Uh, Howard Sider is going to join us right now, and he's part of 90 Second Beer Review. Actually, Howard, thanks for coming on. How are you? Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, and Joe and Adam, nice to talk to you. Let's, let's actually talk about the 90 Second Beer Review first. What is the 90 Second Beer Review for those who are not familiar? Sure. So 90 Second Beer Review is kind of an Instagram and web-based uh, company that's really focused on helping craft beer fans find beers and breweries that they want to uh, get beer from, help to promote independent craft breweries, uh, and really just educate, uh, you know, craft beer fans. So uh, we've been at this for uh, a couple of years now, um, and our primary vehicle is is kind of short format uh, beer and brewery reviews, um, and really coming from the standpoint of trying to give people kind of an easy and accessible way of, you know, understanding what a certain beer will be like, get a better idea of what certain styles are like, what's coming out of certain breweries, um, and just helping them make decisions. You know, I mean, the, one of the great things about the craft beer world is that there are literally thousands of options on the shelves, and that can also be a really intimidating and difficult thing for people. Um, and so that's our, our primary vehicle, but uh, we have a, a bunch of things kind of working their way through the pipeline, some different content formats to really give breweries a chance to promote themselves and to really just get craft beer fans as much education about beer as, uh, as they want. I feel like this is a missed opportunity, Eshbaugh. What do you mean? I mean, we're doing like hour-long podcasts. I mean, my life would yeah. be so much easier. If I was, just, I was just thinking, that. I was like, just stop, stop, Howard. Stop this talking great. about short things. In and Joe's out, always done? trying to get out of work, and it's just not, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, Howard, some of the things you, speaking of things in the pipeline, something you guys have coming up 
that you're working on is this thing called Pints of Love, and it's I guess it's a virtual beer fest. What do we need to know about yeah. that? Yeah, so Pints of Love is a virtual beer fest. It's happening uh, Valentine's Day weekend, um, and it's happening on the Lemonade Social platform, which is a virtual event platform. Um, and basically, the, the two main goals with, that we had with the festival, one is celebrating the craft beer communities of North Carolina and New York. 90-second beer review is, is kind of dual-based between North Carolina and New York, so we wanted to promote our local craft beer markets. Um, and then also in the you know the COVID world that we live in right now, give people a safe, socially distant way to spend their Valentine's Day weekend. Oh, that sounds like so. Cool. Yeah, so it's something we've been working on for a while. We're really excited about it. We have two fantastic co-organizers. So we're working with uh, Chris Breach over at Glass Jug mm. in Durham, uh, and then we also have Mark Dublay from Hopscotch Bottle Shop up in Deer Park, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they are handling. There's two different you know, ways that you can get involved with the festival. The first is the Base ticket, which is $15, and that gets you access to two full days of content. Uh, it's over 30 sessions. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, from a cost-benefit analysis, uh, I, I don't think it can get easier than that. I was going to say, that's pretty uh, good. And then, yeah, and, so, and then, uh, you know, if you want to kind of upgrade and go for the, the kind of the bigger experience, uh, we do have some physical VIP packs on sale in both North Carolina and New York. So the glass jug in North Carolina, Hopscotch in New York are handling that piece of the uh, – the festival um, and uh, the VIP packs really just give you everything that you need to get started for your Valentine's Day weekend and enjoy the festival. So you'll get a 12 pack of beer, one beer from each brewery in your state that's participating. Uh, you'll get a box of locally made chocolates. You'll get a custom full size uh, Belgian tulip glass uh, for the festival and some stickers and some other fun uh, little things in there. And so um, those are on sale until February 1st. Uh, and in North Carolina, you can either pick them up at the Glass Jug in the Triangle, at Wise Man out in Winston-Salem, or Resident Culture in Charlotte. Uh, so giving people a couple different options. And then up in New York, we've got uh, five different pickup locations just because of the density of the market up there. Um, and then special for you guys, we, we created a promo code 919BEER. That's 919BEER. And if people use that, they'll get 10% off their festival tickets. So um, that's kind of the high level, but, you know, it's, we're just really excited about it. I mean, we've been working on the content for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have all sorts of different kind of beer panels. We're doing a whole series of kind of shorter format Q&A sessions with different brewers. Um, you know, a little bit of a kind of behind the scenes, get to know the people that are brewing your favorite beers. Um, so you guys just had Cam from Hopfly on uh, yep. recently. Yep. Uh, so Hopfly is a part of the festival. Cam did one of our Q&A sessions. He's also on one of our panels. Um, love talking to Cam. That was, I had a lot of fun recording with him. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, I mean, for any beer fans, it's, it's really going to be, um, I think a fantastic event. And one of the cool advantages to a virtual festival is that every session, as soon as it airs is available on demand afterwards. Okay. Very, so very cool. if, you know, if you have uh, plans over Valentine's Day weekend, or you just don't want to spend, you know, the entire afternoon sitting in front of your computer, you don't have to, you can, you know, tune in and out as you want. And then uh, all of the content will be up on the platform for three months after the festival. And you can go back in, you can rewatch things, or you can just kind of make your way through all the sessions whenever you uh, have the time to do so. It's, it's kind of like a Peloton ride, Joe. You oh, have the live schedule. Adam. And Adam. then if you miss it, you can go hit it on demand. Adam. 
No, or an dude. encore. We don't have to talk about Peloton, man. I was actually, I, mean, gonna, I, I was going to say I could do this while I'm waiting in line for Space Mountain President's Day weekend because I'll be. That's where I'll be. Oh, flex! That's wow. that's the flex. Disney now flex. You're, it's like, if you're going to Peloton flex, I'll just Disney flex on you. That's where it's at. All right, so for uh, so to wrap this up and how we appreciate the time, mm-hmm. if you use nine one nine beer as the promo code, uh, once again, where do people need to go to uh, to purchase the tickets? Yep, so you can go three different avenues. You can either come to at 90 Second Beer Review, that's 90-second beer review on Instagram. There's mm-hmm. a link in our link tree and a bio. You can go to 90secondbeerreview.com. There's a Pints of Love uh, section of the website that has a link to tickets, or you can go to Lemonade Social and search for Pints of Love. Each of the three ways will get you there. You have to buy your ticket first, which gets you into the event, and then if you want to add on your VIP pack, you'll be able to access the store's to go purchase your VIP pack and choose your pickup location at that point. Uh, tickets will be on sale up to and through the weekend. The VIP packs uh, sales will close on February 1st. So uh, if you want to get one of those, get it in by February 1st, because then we've got to get the packs out to the pickup location. Now, that sounds awesome. And again, that code is 919BEER. Howard, appreciate the time. Best of luck on this event. It sounds awesome. And um, you gave me a great idea to get out of doing these hour-long podcasts or whatever with Eshbaugh. Yeah. We'll, we'll edit that out later. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Good luck, man. Thanks for coming on. Howard, appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you. Ken O'Berry now joining us here on the 919 Beer Podcast from Vicious Fishes. We're pouring beer as uh, as we're as we're having this conversation. So I'll let Ken finish up the pour of what what, what are we having here again? This is ultralight real. It's our American light lager. Well, first off, Ken, how are you? I'm great. Good. Thanks. How are you doing? Oh, uh, you know, just Doing doing podcasts in an abandoned studio, you know. That, that, do you like our we setup? We don't talk now? about it, Joe. It's beautiful. It's Fight I Club. You can't. With the space. You cannot tell people about the Fight Club space. Okay, that's a no no. Safe with me. Okay, good, good. So you, um, the, I think the last time when was the last time you came by? I'm losing all track of time now. So you guys came out. We came out. Yeah, you hung out with us in our brand new Fuquay location. Yeah, that was like two years ago. I thought you had been on since. No, then. he has not. Like no, the last no, time was we when didn't we do anything during the shutdown. We nope. were back to back. Oh my gosh! Nope. I had just seen you guys immediately before the Fuquay visit. Yeah, that's why it seemed like we. Yeah, been around. gotcha. So I, I was trying to. Right I was trying to remember. Are his levels okay? Is he good? He's fine. Okay, He's fine. I want to make sure. I, I can I, look, man. I'm all about quality. I can adjust these levels, man. I can adjust these levels. Don't worry about it. I'm the radio professional. Well. Sometimes, jeez, that's how I we know. got. That's why I that's asked how we you got the, the WRAL out and about best podcast. Boom! All right, <laughs> two time champ. Darn right. I forgot we had actually won one time before. I know it's okay. We've been doing this for too long. So we came out to your Fuquay location. We had a great time, and I know in all of our conversations because you've been a frequent guest on this podcast. There's been this this apex location, right? Yeah. Uh, and I remember I drove past it one time because of a castle event, and I was like, there it is, and oh, man, it's not quite there yet. There hasn't been a lot built up around it, but because of the pandemic time, and I don't remember anything, you opened that space up last year. You, you've just had, like, the one-year anniversary of that Apex space being Coming open, up right? on the 31st. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. So how has how has opening up a new location uh, when everything is shut down uh, gone? Well, I'll tell you, 2020 kicked our butts. I big, bet. Big time. Uh, it's actually been phenomenal. So we, uh, we worked on that tap room, getting it open for over two years. Mm-hmm. And when you had driven by, it was an empty shell. It yep. was in the middle of it renovation, but it had been stalled forever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, 
funny if if uh, Wake County would have just told us that you want to open a restaurant on a 50 year old residential septic. <laughs> no, <laughs> we would have stopped. But you know, we got soft nose, we got direction redirections, we got, you know, well, if you follow this pathway, it might work. And so mm. we continued to try and make a food concept on that location uh, work. And when it became abundantly clear that um, what would allow it to happen was not going to come to fruition anytime soon. We, we just went to taproom. We, we d- went back to the architect. We re-envisioned the space. We got rid of the food concept and uh, rolled forward. But um, during that time, that's why we did the Fucoy location. We were just stuck. There was no clear pathway to permits in Apex. Yeah. And so, you know, a beautiful building, maybe a block and a half mm-hmm. from uh, from your mason jar location in Fuquay opened up, and we just couldn't pass it up. Mm-hmm. So the... Once things said the restrictions started to ease up, it's such an outdoor centric space in yeah. Apex that in a, in a weird sort of way, it ended up being kind of fortuitous, right? Because people wanted to go out. They were just, I mean, I'm part of that group. And if there's an outdoor space with plenty of separated seatings where I can just chill out and have beer, I'm guessing once people were allowed out to visit your space, it started to pick up, right? It's been absolutely wonderful. It, so even, but before that, it was, was, was ridiculous. We knew that that tap room was going to be a, a great location for us. Um, and when we've got the ability to um, stay open and we could sell packaged product to go, like, I don't know, Adam, if you had the same experience, but just acquiring the aluminum to facilitate it was, mm-hmm. was brutal. Um, we started with, uh, with, a, with Crowler cans and a can seamer, and we would can two or three days a week, John and Jeff and and Paul and I, we'd get go down there and just make a mess of the tap room, you know, hand crowlering one by one. So we'd have beer to take to each of the tap rooms and we just couldn't keep up. Uh, so that was that was it was a great surprise, but it was um, it was a heck of a lot of work. And uh, so we had four beers and tanks when all that happened. And um, we got defensive because, you know, we've been talking together for four years and our plan was always to be taproom centric. Our, yeah. our plan really wasn't, you know, you probably asked me what my packaging strategy was uh, a few years ago and I would have shrugged my shoulders, right? Yeah, no, I, I, that's one of the things that we were going to, I was going to get to that. I mean, I had a mental note to bring that up because you have always been adamant about if you want our beer, you come to our place. I respect that. Um, but with the, with the business changing and it's difficult for people to get to your place because of restrictions or the fear of, of getting COVID-19, if that had changed at all in terms of how you're going to go about it. But we can kind of talk about that later. Sure. The, the space is open. I know I was going to try to get out there this past weekend, but you know, hashtag dad life got in the way. It it is a long journey for Joe. No, Those 15 minutes down one are really brutal. It'll, the thing, it's not, it's, it's just the boredom of Mm. the journy. Really, it's it's the long ride. Looking, I should listen to podcasts. Looking out the the window. It's those three songs that elapse. It takes a lot out of you, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to put myself in Joe's shoes. Uh huh. Right. Got it. Got it. Noted. You know, so I gave you a look. Uh, you, you, you kind of perked up and you put your headphones on and I saw you adjusting Ken's level. No, no, no. Uh, you know, they I were just, adjusting. It's fine. Consummate radio professional. You are. Just, uh, that's called adapting. You got to, you got to, you got to change things on the fly. It's not a brought it up. Hey, hey Joe, glad um, I brought it up. Pro tip. Um, when it's really hot outside yeah. and you're hanging out on Carolina beach, the way to drink ultralight reel is with a lime in it. Well, I didn't want the lime in it. Don't want the lime. No, 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 no. I, I understand what you're saying. I'm going lime. 
I understand why you went with the lime. lime. I already I, put my lime in it. There is no shame in lime. No, no I, I, I love agree. lime and beer. I, I agree. I love having lime and beer. I, I am that proclaim. guy. I will put the. I will put a lime in a can it's because that's how it, work, how it works. Um, but I wanted to try your ultralight without the lime. See how it stood on its own, and it's excellent Thank on you. its own. So I was actually going to commend this beer because this is exactly what I want to drink when it's you know ninety some odd degrees outside and I'm chilling on the beach. And it's in a can. It has been in a can. I'd love for it to be in a can again. What, well, I was going to ask, are you guys, because of the whole 2020 going to 2020, you guys had to change, I don't Pivot. use the P word, stop. Pivot. Uh, you had to ch- adjust your strategy, uh, and you went, you went to start packaging. Yeah. Has that continued, or since uh, things have, have really picked up for Apex, and, and how have things changed throughout this year? Yeah, you know, um, it has been crazy. I can't, it's really hard to sit here and 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 tell you. You would not believe me if I did, but we have absolutely been overwhelmed with the support that we've had this year, mm-hmm. and we found it extraordinarily difficult to keep up. And so, yeah, it did affect our go to market initially. As I was I was mentioning, we you know took the four beers that were in the tanks that we were going to. Planning to sell in our tap room. Yeah, we put them in cans. We had no 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 package strategy. Like all we were doing at that point was taking some amount of product to to market and draft. You know, we right. at the mason jar or scratch or wherever, and you know, up and down. You were in low suits, beer dens, and some bottle shops and yeah. things like that. You guys did a good job of of really jumping on that because you went from low suits, beer dens to shelf space, which is not an easy thing to do well we had the people there are so good to, to local craft um we do we did a lot of events with them you know pet tap takeovers and we'd go there and schmooze with people and and tell our story and that helped the beer den too and so we found a you know friendly champions to bring you know the, the canned product the packaged product onto the shelf once we were able to do that very good very so good. Where are you now? Yeah, with I was going to say, like, so with this what? upcoming summer, I don't really see things changing all that much. Oh, Joe, geez. Why Debbie Downer? Come I'm not on. being a Debbie Downer. I'm being a realist. I'm kick my dog on the way out. Just saying. I mean, not everybody's going to get vaccinated by the end of the year, especially if we keep running out of it or we're going to have to, like, throw ones oh out. Oh, my gosh. It just. What? Old, old wet blanket over here. If I mean, we just vaccinate the people who want it. There's plenty of us. They just don't have them. That's the problem. It's but anyway, not everybody's but coach, not everybody's Coach K who can get a call from Duke saying, "Hey, by the way, we got two leftover vaccines. Uh, you want one?" Him and uh, that's how it worked for him and Cutcliffe. It's pretty nice. It's convenient. It's conven- well, well, there's a separate conversation to be had about uh, people scheduling multiple appointments and then going after the one that they they, they they got, and that leaves people with vaccines, which then leaves people scrambling with, "Hey, do you know somebody who needs one? Get them into the building asap." It's all it's all very well run, well well oiled machine. Stick to beer. Yes, one star review anyway, for that. Where are we? <laughs> Your conspiracy theories again. Our, our, border, our borderline, our borderline unlistenable raider is probably coming back. This is probably his first podcast back, and we've lost him again. Not enough hops. Yeah, it's true. Mm. All right. So, what, so are you going to put this thing back in cans? Like yeah, with cans. So here's the deal. It cans. Like, thank God. Jeez, Joe. The funny thing was is that <laughs> the Fuquay restaurant took off. A lot of restaurants stayed closed, and so we where we've been having difficulty finding traction in Fuquay from a food concept perspective, suddenly we were one of the few places that stayed open. Yeah. And, and the right. people came out. And so the Fuquay restaurant took took off. 
apex, you know, warm weather came and people wanted to be outside. And then suddenly, for the first time, we identified bottlenecks in our, our process that would, that limited the amount of beer we could bring to market. Mm-hmm. So uh, not to get... Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I was keeping Here Be Dragons on at scratch and you guys weren't able to keep up. Yeah, man, it, it was really tough. So, Which is, I mean, that's a great problem to have. It wasn't a great problem to have. But. Because, you know, here's the math that was going on in my head. What was going on in my head was, okay, I need eight half barrels of Here Be Dragons for my Apex Taproom this weekend. I have 10. I've got 20 barrels in the tank that will yield 18, but it won't be ready for two weeks. Can I bring Adam a half barrel of Here Be Dragons? It was tough. Well, yeah, but you know, as your original strategy was, we're going to be taproom centric because that's where our margins are. It makes it makes sense, and you you've got to do what works for your company. So, am I to understand that we're we're going back toward your taproom centric model as things continue to open up, vaccines back, come? Yes, but but um, are you you're still going to try to have some package though? We have to. Right. You know, ultimately, what what we learned. The, one of the lessons that we learned was, hey, you have to be in market and you have to be in market in all forms because if one of those pathways closes down on you for some reason, sure. you need to have another path to revenue. And Crowlers were great for us. They kept us going for a long time. I was ordering another pallet every five weeks. Uh, but ultimately, having package on the, on the shelves is, is important to us. It gives us the opportunity to get in front of our customers at the, at the point of sale. And um, when, when it comes to the, the beer dens, it gives us one more reason to go in there and, and have them host us for some special event when we're able to do events. So, yeah. Like the before times. The before times will be the coming times. Yeah. So, let's let's talk about beers. We, we, we had your ultralight reel. That's what we started with. Um, I'm not going to tell you what we really started with because I just needed to pick me up. But we're, we're, we're going to get to the, your other part of your the other liquid. location. Yeah. Um, in a little bit, but let's talk beer. So ultralight reel, you guys came out with that two years ago. Yeah. Funny. We, I think you were working right on about light, the same uh, right time. about the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I think we may have touched on this before, but you know, we like a lot of craft breweries, we did the same thing, right? We made a, a cream ale, a golden ale, a blonde ale, something as a gateway for people who don't drink craft and mm. you know, more the macro consumer. And what I came to, even though we were, had some success, you know, they would come with their friends and they would have one. Um, they weren't happy. You know, what they really wanted, they always say, and you hear it all the time, what's your lightest beer? And so I, I made a commitment that we were going to have a light lager that we could serve to the people who were looking for that product. And so um, we've had that going on uh, maybe a year and a half now. Uh, I think you came out for our first release. It was actually a prototype. I was there. That's yeah. right, yeah. It was a prototype Down in Azure. That was good enough, actually, to release. You know, we knew we wanted to continue to iterate on it, but uh, we were happy with the initial result, and so we launched it. Um, and so, yeah, the the light lager. The reason why I bought, brought loggers today, ultralight and pills, is because somehow they're thirty percent of my business. Like, go figure. Yeah, I, that was that. right. That was not what I what I expected. Um, ultralight being a gateway product, Octopills, man, I just love this beer, so I had to bring it so I could drink it. I am a fan of the Octopills, but I don't think I've had, have I had the Ultralight Reel before? I'm trying to remember if I had it or not. I don't know. But, because I'm gravitating back towards that reel, because it's very, very good, and that's why when we're on that conversation about the cans and things like that, that's something I'd like to bring to the pool. That's something I'd like to take to the beach with me and things like that. So, 
uh, hopefully that will be readily available. Yeah, my, my plan right now is, so we were talking about impediments that we faced. Because we the real is we what, 3.8%? 3.8, crushable. <sighs> yes. We were, um, we were, we were, it wasn't until we got crazy busy that we realized that the 10 barrel bright that we had as the gateway to packaging was too small for our 20 barrel fermenters. And we were doing so much in, in lagers and here be dragons, you know, those 20 barrel batches of lager, how do you get them into, into your package? Well, you move half of your 20 barrel fermenter into your 10 barrel bright and let it process and, you know, you, you let it clear up and then you put it in tanks in your kegs and then what, then what do you do? Are you ready to package out the other half, but you might have something else that needs to go through there. Mm -hmm. And so we were constantly leapfrogging tanks and running out of tank space because there was beer sitting in there idle that couldn't get to the bright. Gotcha. That was something we didn't anticipate, but when the peak of summer came, that was a, a huge problem for us. And as you know, Adam, you know, it's super easy just to call up your local supplier and say, send me a bunch of, of new stainless. They can just overnight it usually. Yeah. <laughs> So, do you guys not have uni tanks? And what I mean by that is, you know, pressurized tanks that can both ferment and you can you can carbonate in. Yeah, we do. You do. We do, and that's where the IPA stays. The sours stay there. I mean, that's what I think most people know of us for. Yeah, the IPAs and the sours. But you know, loggers become such a big part of the business that you know, when you can't move your logger and it, there's a half a batch sitting in a twenty barrel sure. fermenter, you can't brew IPA into that fermenter, mm -hmm. and that was the problem. So we couldn't keep up with IPA. I couldn't bring out El Tiburon, our West Coast IPA, to draw down the rate of consumption of our hazy. Um, and I, I couldn't move our, our loggers through the bright tank fast enough. It was really just a huge process bottleneck that the only way to solve it was through some additional hardware. And fortunately, that arrived a couple weeks ago. Okay. Just yesterday, I was down in the brewery, and John was, was connecting it to the, the glycol system. So, you know, finally, in the cold months, we're clearing that pathway that will allow us to scale it as sure. the warm months come. Not that I want to gloss over Octopils. I want to actually get to your West Coast IPA because I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm reading this wrong. Adam, check me on this. But I feel like the last few podcast guests that have come through, we have been talking about West Coast IPAs. This is in contrast to how things used to be. This is in contrast to how... We started our wonderful relationship, Ken. I was uh, hazy where, focused, man. Where it was very, very hazy focused. Uh, the the haze bros, the juiciness, all that stuff, right? I Again, maybe I'm reading this wrong, but I feel like we've been presented with more West Coast IPAs as of late. And the fact that you brought one only solidified my, my thought that, wait a minute, I feel like there's a little bit of a, a throwback going on. People are going back to the West Coast IPA. Am I reading this wrong? Is this true? How do, we, how do we feel about this? I don't think it ever went away. I think that, that for a while there was a, a market that wasn't being satisfied because so many, when, when the hazies hit, yeah. the pendulum swung super fast and super hard, you know, and, um, and that left the, the market largely dry of, of a West Coast style. And or at least local West Coast yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I know it, that sounds weird that to say, but at least plan. locally made West Coast style beers because it's so easy for us to say, oh, this is selling. We've got to make a ton of it, right? We got to do what sells. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, you're going to do what sells, but at the same time, there's going to be markets for additional styles. You know, uh, when I do have El Tiburon on on tap, um, and I've worked awfully hard to try and make this a a staple in our tap room. You know, the the uh, the uh, stainless impediments that we talked about really held that up for a long time. But um, when I have a West Coast on tap, 
the Hazy still outsells it two to one. Okay. But it's still an important part of our portfolio for as a as a brewery owner, right? Uh, when it's so hard and the yields are so poor on a Hazy, you know, I want something to offset that, even just from a COGS perspective, right? That's, yeah, that's good. What, 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 what do we have in yeah, this? this is... Do you know the hot bill on this yeah, one? Yeah, it, it's prototypically Westy. Um, cascade. It, there's no Cascade. No cascade. There's Centennial. There's okay. Simcoe. And I think we've currently got some Mosaic in it. This is a well-done beer. If you're looking for a just a classic take on a West Coast-style IPA, you got it nailed right here. I like this. Thank you. I dig it. Yeah. This is... Um, you guys had just released it when I, I too, was brought to your Apex location... Because of a soccer practice <laughs> back in the summer. Hey, man, you got those soccer families locked in. You better believe it. Max Max had a, pra- a couple practices out there on a Saturday afternoon when it was like 94 degrees. Oh, jeez. And uh, I went out, and I was like, I'm going to stop by and, and see the place. Nobody will know me. It was perfect. I went out and sat on a picnic table, and Paul pulled in and came down and sat with me. And I was drinking a Pilsner uh, and didn't even realize you had a West Coast out. And he's like... You don't have West Coast right now? So he went and grabbed us a couple, and I, I think we had a couple. And then you ended up joining us, and then yeah. I had to leave and pick up my son late for practice, and he's not let me forget about it. So, um, But that was when you first first started coming out with, with this beer last spring, summer. We've had it before. Right? I've been really trying to, to get it into the rotation because of the benefits to me that I just talked about in sure. terms of you know lessens the pressure on our hazy, it, the cogs are better, a little better, you know, so um, from an overall perspective, portfolio perspective it's better for us but you know there's a, a market out there that has been ignored for a little while too at least from as you said local breweries be brewing this this style and so um you know i don't ever want it to go off tap i'd love to to do more experimentations i guess if anything that was the the one uh experience we had that was one of the important experiences we had last year is we really didn't get to iterate and experiment very much sure. because keeping up with the cores was so difficult to do back to what you were asking about uh west coast versus new england style ipas joe mm-hmm. and 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 our quote conspiracy theories of them that make our podcast borderline unlistenable one star only one star uh but back to that I think, and I've said my whole theories on kind of the evolution or the, I guess, the journey of of a beer drinker. You know, you, you go through all these phases and, and you get through all the crazy stuff. And finally, you just want something that's sometimes familiar, but always well-made. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think the IPA crowd is, that's, that happens in a similar fashion. And and Wayne's a perfect example of that because, you know, Wayne's the past when like, like in the old I guess in twenty back in twenty twenty when, when Wayne, Wayne when Wayne to, was a part of this when podcast, Wayne was on the podcast when Wayne didn't go on vacation I don't think he's ever been here when I've been here <laughs> I would start taking that personally Ken I, I, I do no Ken I don't know but anyway Wayne hasn't been the same since uh, Pappy Night he has said <laughs> thanks for the invite he said. <laughs> It was mailed, but I mean, our postal service right now—it's crazy, right? <laughs> I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting on a record. But anyway, <laughs> so he has said that he's when he's drinking an IPA, it's got to be a West Coast. Like sure. that's where's he where he's gravitated. I've said that for a while. Um, I think I've had my fix of the hazy stuff, and at some point, I can still appreciate one. I don't. Well, we talked about love this. them. I don't crave them. I but a, a West Coast, I want, and I think 
that at least a lot of uh, folks who started out drinking traditional IPAs, Mm -hmm. and by traditional, I mean, I'm not talking like English IPAs, because Joe's going to go on a whole hopping tirade if I do. I'm talking like Dogfish 60 Minute. I'm talking these IPAs that have been around for a long time, and when you go back and revisit, it still gets it done. Sure, we've talked about that. And there's a reason they're still... They're yeah. still selling well. Yeah. And Bell's too hearted. Like that's there's a God, reason it's number one selling beer in the world. Right? I have not had that. Or beer not in world, ages. but 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 the best IPA in the nation. Sure. Or whatever it's voted. Right. It overtook Pliny a couple years ago. And deserves uh, it. It great beers. And and I think it's because it's one of those things where we get lost in this newness and all the all the fads and what do you have that's new? What do you have that's hazier than last week? And then you go back and you have what originally made you fall in love with this with the, the original style you fell in love with, and you kind of rediscover that. It's What's your, rock your world? You want to hear it? I'm Let's ready. go. Check it out. All right. So, uh, one of the awesome things about the hazies is it opened up an entire new market to um, IPA, right? Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people who were staunch wine drinkers, uh, they, were, they were amber drinkers, brown or drinkers. unfiltered wheat beer drinkers. Unfiltered wheat. Don't that was an easy transition. I feel attacked. No, but that no, was no, like it was, it was the perfect <laughs> like like there's or a fruited unfiltered I, I did, wheat. I beer. would I argue that that I there loved is an unfiltered wheat beer. I'd man. argue that there's more differences between a West Coast <laughs> and a New England than there is between a New England and an unfiltered wheat beer. Yeah, man, stay with me here. So I this is going to sound incredibly well reasoned, and it won't you won't pick up for a moment that I'm making this up on the fly. But uh, the, so the thing about the hazies is, is it was an easy transition for people who never came to enjoy hops okay. because they were too bitter on their palate. And it, people, some people don't like bitter. Yeah. That, that word hoppy became interchangeable with bitter. Yeah. Yes. So, and that drives me crazy, actually, when I sure. hear it in my tap room, you know, the, the notion of, oh, it's really, it's really hoppy, hoppy. It's not too hoppy, too hoppy right? Yeah. Um, as opposed to it's bitter or it's aromatic. You want to see the hot bill on this and see why that beer's more expensive than everything else on this menu, but it doesn't taste bitter? Right. Yeah. So what I th- here's so here's my theory. There are so many people that found hazies as a gateway. It was something that they could approach. They liked it because sure. it was soft on the palate, but they got all of the aromatic and, and flavor benefits of hops that you already love. Um, I think those people are going to, the hazy is going to be a gateway to the West Coast. Because now they've got a taste for it uh, and a modest amount of additional bitter, bitterness. You can introduce it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, in increments. But we talked about this with Cam of Hotfly last week when they, uh, now I'm forgetting the name of the, the hazy that they poured. But I, I think I, I kind of settled on ones that I'm cool with drinking and ones that I end up not liking is like, if it's like a beer mosa, I end up, I'm in the, I'm in the right mindset for a hazy at this point in time. Um, but I'm, I'm not quite sure. I'm going to have to process your theory. So I, I'm going to give you one because point. I think, I think more, I think, I think people would be more inclined to go towards more fruited things based on the hazies because they like the citrus nature of it, the juice nature of it, that they would not go towards the IPA. Wayne, uh, Adam, I, I think I rose, I, I raised my hand. I, I noticed that as to not interrupt. I think, and so here's. To back up Ken's theory, sure. with a different uh, different drink, my wife, when she... My wife. <laughs> uh, she didn't care for margaritas back when we first started dating. Fair. 
but what got her into them were the flavored ones. Okay. We would have a, we the had a plate. Strawberry margarita. We had, ooh, we had yeah. our place, we had our place up in, in, in Maryland. Um, shout out to La Paz. Uh, but we would go there, like that was our spot. Sure. And, and I, I worked there in college, really learned a lot about tequila. We've mm-hmm. talked about this and, and really developed a love of a good margarita. Yeah. She didn't like them. But I had to get her to appreciate, at least understand what happened. So we started with the fruited ones, and eventually she became like this margarita lover and really likes different types of tequila and messing with them. And I think what Ken's saying is much the same, where a lot of those hazy drinkers aren't necessarily, quote, I don't mean this in the wrong way. A lot of hazy drinkers are beer nerds, and I get that. But a lot of uh, new beer drinkers... Are, are on to the hazies. Um, they don't, they didn't ever consider themselves, quote, beer drinkers. They'd like other things, but had certain flavors and aromas that appeal to them. And it could be a gateway into, okay, so I was introduced to hops this way. Now let me see how they work in other styles or other ways. I guess other styles of a style, yeah, some style, right? I experienced that firsthand. <clears throat> it is crazy. So back in 2015, 16, when I, renewed my love for brewing i uh first made a brown ale and made it is the best brown ale i, I could uh 2019 brown ales huge sellers ken yeah huge hey, sellers. gold medal winner u.s open beer championship <laughs> yeah, right? 2019 right? right nobody cares do they it's, it's the most maddening thing but because it's a beautiful did. beer she, she loved the hell beer. out of that beer so she i get to, i got to keep brewing and so i got obsessed by the hazies before anybody had heard of them right you know before they were really big and literally i was brewing every weekend Every weekend I was doing split batches, different yeasts, different, you know, same hops, different proportions, just really dialing in the beer I wanted. And I made her try it because she has a really good palate. She could pick out the citrus notes. This is mandarin orange. It's not this kind of orange, right? And I don't, very specific. I don't have the ability to right. describe uh, flavors in that way. And she hated it because I'd be racking the beer into a keg and I'm serving her cool, flat IPA, Right. <laughs> So she's describing something that she hates. Right. Now we go places where Here Be Dragons is on tap, and she likes it. She'll order it. She prefers it, mm. uh, which is super surprising. Last week, we were at a, a local restaurant, and uh, I ordered a pernicious. And I said, baby, try this. What do you think? She loved it. Uh, right? This is somebody who only drank brown ales two years ago, yeah. who's forced at the, at the point of a gun to drink some hazies, developed a taste for it, and now apparently would consider ordering a West Coast IPA? How does that work? Yeah, I, I, I think there are, if, if, you get, if you develop an, a love or appreciation or both or something that makes you want to continue learning about your beer, what goes into your beer, how it's made, why it tastes like it does, you want to explore different styles, like there's always going to be that curiosity that's going to, all right, well, let me taste this now. Either she's, you like it or you she's don't. She's not curious. It's what? just a matter of how does it, is the flavor good? Sure. And but it's, she, it's no her palate, our palates are always Evolving. developing, sure. right? So, yeah. I mean, her palate wasn't into that sort of thing two, three years ago. Now she can, under, now she can, can appreciate it. Crazy, right? Yeah. So many jokes. So where is the palette going? Where's, where's the pendulum going from here? Does it go further to West Coast? I don't know. I don't think it goes further to West Coast. I think are that... We go, are we going back to the Hop Slam? No. <laughs> Hop Slam actually is releasing, like, everywhere in North Carolina this week. Uh, we're, we're, it's back, baby. Remember that was a thing? Yeah. 
Oh, People man. used to like wait for it. I know. Oh, man, Jake, Jake Failing would just like tweet through it. <laughs> like back in the day, that's a callback. That's a deep cut. Guys, guys, guys. They have it at this location. Guys. Go now. Right now. So too many IBUs in that arms race for me. <laughs> I'm with but, you on that. But look, I mean, well, but it's not a bitter beer. It's a sweet. Hop Slam's a really sweet beer. Because like of that, it. it's like what? Man, I like it. 11, 12% or something. Like it's a big. Huge sugar bomb. If you if you drink it, not in a bad way, yeah, yeah, Pop yeah. Slam lovers. I'm not making fun of it, but go on. I was gonna say we have some other liquid to get to, so we should probably yeah. move on here. Uh, you know, just um, trying to keep us on time, Adam. <clears throat> One of the things we Consumate talked about, professional, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we talked about it on uh, on Mike or if it was before we started talking, but um, yeah, we our new Apex location actually is also a coffee shop. We um, we were talking about it before we hit record, so let's um. Because these two things tie together, yes. Yeah. So you have coffee. you have um, you've started a coffee company, essentially, right? Yep. When did, when did you start up Piranha Joe? So uh, Piranha, we knew that Apex location based, you know, it's literally you can see the elementary school, well, the middle school, and the high school from our parking lot, mm-hmm. and there's seven thousand brand new homes that have been built or in process in that location surrounding the tap room. We knew that that there was an opportunity for day-long business. And uh, coffee seemed like a, an easy way to get people after they've dropped off the kids and they're sure. heading into work to, to stop in, grab a, a latte, whatever. Now, are you, are you concerned with Latte Larry opening up right next door to you at Piranha Joe's? This is a joke only so many people will get. I don't know Latte Larry. I just... <laughs> Eight-year-old in me laughed when he said, drop, drop the kids, all the kids drop and all the coffee. Kids. I mean, yeah. I think those things yeah. go hand in hand. Yeah, Adam. Okay, we see it. Did you not watch uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm? Uh, there is a, a breeze that just went right over my head. Yeah. Did you, did you watch, have you watched Curb? I have not. Okay. So the I last, have, I'm, I'm not. So the last immersed, season, the yeah. last season of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, the recurring storyline is that Larry David's character gets upset at this place called Mocha Joe's, which is oddly similar to Piranha Joe's. And he didn't like the temperature of the coffee. The tables were wobbly, blah, 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 blah. So he was so vindictive, because it's Larry David, sure, that he opened up a coffee shop right next door to his parcel called Latte Larry's. And he found, like, some, you know, Colombian hookup on the beans or whatever it was, and people were obsessed over it. Anyway... It just—I don't know—the Piranha Joe cracked me up because I'm thinking, like, oh my goodness, you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have a competitor before you know it. So you've opened up this coffee shop, yeah. Okay, now that we've established that. Let's get back to let's Ken. Get, let's get back to Ken. Oh, you're good. Sorry, I, I hate when I have to explain the jokes, but it is what it is. Um, so you've opened the you've opened this up. You are obviously bagging the whole bean coffee as well. So are you roasting this? Uh, the roasting is being done on our behalf, and okay. we are participating in some of the blending. But you are Eventually, planning we to could bring roast. that in house. Okay, okay, yeah. you're gonna bring that in house. Gotcha. Um, so, and you can and you can buy these bags, right? Yeah, these I, are at, at the point of sale at, in our in our tap okay. rooms or at uh, Piranha Joe Coffee. Okay, so yeah. so you're also making beer with this now too, right? Correct. Yeah, that's I mean that's synergy right there. Super fun, right? Like, oh, I'm so excited for 2021 is our year. <laughs> don't don't do it. Don't yeah. tempt fate, man. Because Latte Larry that. might open up. We walk in. Cautiously, gently, not to disturb anything. In yeah, what good has that done us so far? Last year was going to be everybody's year, right? Oh, it's, it's not true. happening anymore. Yeah, man. So, um, but I'm excited. You know, we're we're taking on a little extra space in in the Andrew Brewery, 
And that's going to give us the opportunity to have potentially have barrels for the first time. So like I'm thinking of this synergy between beer and beans and spirits, right? And just this virtual virtuous cycle that we can do much more interesting things. And so I'm really excited about 2021, even if it, even if these things only get delivered through our tap rooms, you know, I'm crossing every finger until I have that those stay open. But um, yeah, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. So this beer is our white Russian. This is a beer that we've done before. Uh, John, our, our uh, head of brewing operations, he has a love for craft cocktails and had the idea at one point that we would have a cocktail series uh, where we would, you know, iterate through reverse engineering classic cocktails and making delicious, you know, malt-based libations around them. Um, and we're not the only ones who have, to have done a white Russian by any means. Um, but uh, this is one, this was the first time that we've been able to do with our Piranha Joe coffee beans. And so I, I uh, participated uh, for a brief amount of time in dry January. And, Good luck uh, with that. So actually, you I remember Joe, tasted this beer. a few years ago, I Joe up. tried I, to do I February. Gave I gave up on that. So your White Russian is a light beer. A lot of times when people think there's there's coffee in a beer, they're gonna I was think it's ex- something dark. Yeah, and I will I will admit that I was expecting something, I was thinking something syrupy to be pouring out of that crowler. Yeah. So what is the, what what kind of beer is this? What are we looking at? You know, it's a blonde strong ale. I, I don't okay. Know. So if Wayne were here, he'd probably regale us about uh, the blonde roast at Vaughn Brothers, which is a beer I love. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you smells good. You smell that, and it's just like you're you're sitting inside of a bag of coffee beans. Um, I haven't had this yet. This is really good. The coffee is strong in this bag. Coffee is really coming through nicely. And I mean, hey, and I say that in the way that I like when strong coffee flavors come out in my beer. Commit to the coffee on a coffee. Beer. Right. If you're gonna do coffee beer, to it. give me some freaking coffee. I want to yeah. taste the coffee. We're looking for more opportunities. Uh, again, that these tanks we we brought in are gonna provide some pathways for that. So where's the where's the white, white Russian aspect of this? Well, am I missing it? Yeah, uh, so That's entirely possible because my palate sucks. I'll be I'll be the first to admit. It's meant to be a reverse engineering of white Russian cocktail. So okay. You think you've got uh, we try to bring out some of the cream notes from from milk that you have in a white Russian. You, certainly there's no vodka aspect to it. <laughs> right. The Kahlua, the Kahlua comes from the vanilla and chocolate notes in the coffee. Okay. Now that you mentioned the Kahlua, and the, I can get, okay, I see where you're going with it. Because I was so overwhelmed with the coffee, in a good way. Like, this tastes like some freaking coffee beer, which I like. I was too focused on that to not really start paying attention to the other things. But now that you mentioned the Kahlua, I can pick up on that a little bit. Yeah, and I think I'd like next time to see a little more vanilla in this. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's kind of fun. We're getting to, to yeah. trial with our own beans and come up with some new concepts. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I'm I'm jealous of the coffee aspect because I I don't know if every brewery loves coffee. Every everybody who has a brewery that I know, we like, run we, on it, right? We run on it until we can drink beer. Yep. And and the coffee's excellent. And like, then it tell us all day long. That's <laughs> all evening long. Right? Uh, yeah. No. It it's that the the coffee and and your great mugs that you brought here. It's uh, I you walked in the door and you I knew you had coffee and I was like oh man. I didn't realize how tired I was until you walked in with coffee, and I, I hadn't had my coffee this morning, so I was very excited about that. Um, your place in Apex, not in the middle of nowhere. It's not. <laughs> as Joe might, might have led people. Space. People take Ta- me so literally. A lot of outdoor space. 
when six, things open back up, you're going to fire pits. Have a lot of live music out there because you guys have a stage. Yeah, we brought in a pontoon boat. It was in keeping with our brand. You probably picked up on this already, but I'm big as it comes to brand. I want to build a brand around Vicious Fishes, Piranha Joe. The logo is really it's the same iconic piranha that people love so much, but he's now in the form of milk foam in a in a latte. Gotcha. That's what. Okay. I, I was, yeah, I was, it was just, it was very similar, but nice. Yeah. Nice so touch. Uh, we brought in a pontoon boat as a, uh, as a stage. We got to do a few events. We tried to keep it low key because, you know, the optics are poor. If you suddenly sure. have a bunch of people descend on your location, the thing that we have going for us is we've got an enormous lawn that's super welcoming to kids. I know you've talked about how much we love kids in our in our tap rooms. Um, my kid, my tap room is my outdoor space is kid centric. That's all good. The time. I do have garbage cans, but they're closed top. There yeah. are no oh, kids in garbage cans. Come on, Ken. No, it just means they're quieter when you stuff the children. That's in a them. good point. That's a good point. Uh, they are on the pontoon boat. Somehow, the uh, the what was meant as a stage. live music stage is now a, uh, a a puppet show stage. It is place where kids dance while their parents enjoy beer or wine or cider or seltzer you know 30 yards away anything else that we got to learn uh know about before we wrap things up working on seltzer 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 okay not salsa (laughs) what about salsa you should try that uh we're gonna start with seltzer all right that's fine yeah so as i talked about being a brand guy like i love i love Building new things and launching them to market. That's so seltzer going to be like your freshwater series. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, well, I guess piranhas are freshwater, aren't they? They are. So this is frenzy. It's it's uh, so its uh, vision was its inspiration was a the bubbles that that come up through the water. Sure. And there's a feeding frenzy below, F R E N Z I. We're we're working on that. We've got some prototype batches going. I bought a filter in order to allow us to do some charcoal filtration. That now makes our uh, uh, light logger and, and Pilsner incredibly clear. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we'll have to talk about that next time. All right. Very look, Very okay. much looking forward to that. Ken, uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for dropping by. Absolutely. And bringing all the goodies and the coffee to perk, uh, perk Adam up. Yes. Always yeah. great to see you guys. What do we, uh, what do we got coming up next week? Uh, Will Cooper is going to come on from Coronado. Very cool. Looking forward to that. Big thanks to everybody who's dropped by the 919 Beer Podcast. We've referenced some other podcasts from this year already. Check those out on the 919 Beer Podcast feed wherever you get your podcast. Five stars only because that's what 2021 is all about. Positive vibes. Positive vibes, which means five stars only. That's a positive thing to do. We'll see you all next week. Cheers. Cheers. You've been listening to the 919 Beer Podcast with host Joe Ovius, Adam Eshbaugh, and Wayne Holt. Don't forget, there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. This podcast also airs Saturday mornings at 8 on Buzz Sports Radio. Thanks again for listening to the 919 Beer Podcast.